In today's episode, we talk about what it's like to be a woman and especially a Latina in 2017. Yeah, we know. It's a loaded question, but we can handle it. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Basi Bonitas. What's up? You're listening to episode two of Bossy Bonitas. Yeah. Hey, that's right. We number made it. Number two. We, we made, made it, it past two. that number one hump. Will we make it to three? Yes, we will. Only yes, time will, will tell, but Candace <laughs> is being really optimistic. And you guys, if you don't know who's talking by now, you didn't listen to one. So go back, listen to it, and then come back over here. Uh, but my name is Leslie Ambrice, and I am joined by the coolest person in Los Angeles. Oh, Leslie, I love you so much. Aww. We just decided we're in a relationship, guys, because <laughs> we work so well together. But she's my business partner in all aspects. <laughs> What's up, guys? My name is Candace Cruz. I'm the other half of this duo. This beautiful bossy duo. This beautiful bossy duo. This beautiful Boricua, Mexican, American. Duo. All of the things. Yes. All of the above. All of the above. Got a little bit of everything. I Not have to, really. Yeah. We we're gonna have a lot of everything, but I have to say too, I'm just feeling all like warm and fuzzy because we're doing our second episode. So I just want to say thank you to everybody that has listened to episode one. That is gone on to SoundCloud that's given us comments that's gone on to iTunes like I had someone even message me on Instagram this morning that was like I am in love with Bossy Bonitas and I'm all about it and thank you so much and I'm just like wait I didn't see this I didn't tell you it was in my my direct messages for Uh Instagram so I was just like so overwhelmed and happy and giddy so I was like oh "Oh, this is perfect timing I think my my favorite one, and I did I did tell you because yes, I you share did. things, unlike some people. <clears throat> um, it happened this morning. You could have sent it. You oh. clearly just said we talk all the time. <laughs> Anyways, no shade, no shade. Um, no, I had a I had two friends um, reach out to me and tell me like, thank you so much for covering the topic that you did last time because I've always felt one of them is Latina, she's Guatemalan. She said, I've always felt like I wasn't fully like connected with my culture. And then another one is um, she's black. And so she was telling me like, wow, I was even able to relate to it, not even being a Latina. So to me, I was like, yes, we're doing something right. It's so amazing. And yeah, it meant a lot. So anytime you guys, if you ever feel like saying something nice to somebody, just go out on a limb and say it. Cause like, little comments like these like make my day and no I'm not fishing for compliments I mean only things related to the podcast right I think when we we decided to do this podcast I think we hoped for all of that and I mean I know it's small quantities now but just the fact that like even one person is able to like feel the same way that we do and we always feel so alone and ostracized whenever we're feeling a certain type of way and we realize that we're not alone at all is you know makes it all worth it so mm-hmm. it's fun oh it is fun Sorry, i had to get a little sappier no it's okay it's okay i always get dark so it's <laughs> the light and the dark see this is why we work well together how go. was your holiday by the way how was your thanksgiving uh, oh my god i was like holiday christmas hasn't happened it's uh, december 1st now we're, we're it's you totally can officially start listening if you're in los angeles county 103.5 the coast they got you hooked Coast up. 103.5. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> they got you hooked up with that Christmas music. Honestly, like it gets lit on my way home with Christmas jams. Oh, but my like God. most people when they associate the word lit with like getting down, mine's like, I lit jing- my Christmas mine's tree. like Jingle Bell Rock. <laughs> 
<laughs> you lit your Christmas tree? I lit tree? my Christmas tree. We actually That's bought our great. Christmas tree this week. We bought it like um, a real one and we had oh, wow. our friends giving it my so place. You killed so. a tree. I'm just kidding. I'm just having fun throwing you under the bus 24 <laughs> 7. But you were, asking, no, yes. you were asking my How Thanksgiving. Was your Thanksgiving. It was yes. cool. I just, we had, went to my grandma's house and all my cousins were there and Aww. we we sat around and watched a Christmas movie and the kids played out in the front lawn and I watched them with my other cousin. It's just like my like family get togethers are pretty low key, but it's always nice to like see everybody. Oh yeah, that's awesome. How about you? Um, I haven't been home for Thanksgiving in a couple of years because we had a really rough Thanksgiving um in twenty fifteen in my family. Um so Thanksgiving just hasn't been the same. Um, so I stayed out here and luckily I had an amazing Thanksgiving this year and I had um, five of my friends over and we just all did like a potluck where everybody brought in something and we had way more food than we thought we were going to have. And so we ate and drank and were merry and <laughs> watched Elf and had to explain so Elf. For days. Yes, I had to explain Elf to someone that had never seen Elf before. And then we watched Sex in the City too and it was a grand old time. Oh, that's fun. We attempted Black Friday. Okay. That was traumatic. See, I don't even try anymore. I, I, I will not. I Cyber want. Monday is yeah. me moving forward from now on you, and forevermore. You got PJs on. Right. You're buying things for your family, your friends, mostly you, let's be honest. Yeah. But. Christmas, the sales are for me, and then the rest is for everybody else. You're like, I'll pay full price I'll for everyone else because you are worth it. Exactly. I oh, love you, Mom. I love you, Dad. I know you're listening, so. <laughs> oh my what would you buy your grandfather my grandfather uh -huh. oh i don't know he's just so cute he's getting a lot better after everything that's happened with like um moving we finally got him apartment out of puerto rico and mm -hmm. so he's being taken care of by my my tias and i think i don't know i want to get him like something like warm and cozy i feel like that's what he needs right now like something Aww. like I don't know. I don't want to get him socks. I don't, when I think of warm and cozy, I think of like really good socks. I like me some good socks, mm -hmm. but I don't know. Maybe like a nice blanket or like something that like has something our family related on it. Oh, that's cute. You yeah. could get him. What didn't you say there was like a character in Coco <gasps> that was similar yes, to I him? Did. Well, my grandpa's name is Ernesto Cruz, and if you watch Coco, very similar Ernesto de la Cruz. So we're close. We're, we're, we're sisters. Get him a plush, a plush of, of the, the character. There we go. Yeah, Disney I like that. He always has plushes. I should, get, I should get him the little stuffed animal. Mm, that'd be cute. I'm Which, jealous that you saw Coco. I have yet to see it. You need to go see it. It was so good. Granted, I've seen a lot of flack about the opening in Frozen in magazines and news articles. I'm not going there right now. I'll let you take that conversation. But I will say, I was exhausted by the end of that, and I didn't even know if I wanted to watch the whole movie because you know it was what? so long. I read a lot of articles. It was most, okay, I read one BuzzFeed article. I exaggerated a lot. A lot of articles. One, <laughs> just one article. I read one BuzzFeed article. And it was, yeah, I read BuzzFeed, whatever. Um, and it was like, oh, why uh, Mexicans are mad about the Frozen mm -hmm. short film before. And I guess, like, people got so mad that they don't play in Mexico anymore. But... I was it was funny because I was scrolling through Instagram, I think it was like two days ago, and I see I think it was either Me Too or Hermescla, like one of those um really cool Latino publications posted this meme and it was like Disney Disney chose it was something along the lines of Disney chose to air a twenty one minute short film because they know Mexicans are always late to everything. <laughs> 
amazing. I was like, okay, honestly, like, oh my god, personally, I'm like that stereotype. Like, I meet it, so <laughs> like, I'm always late. Yes, she does. What is it called? Brown girl hour? Like, that's I don't me. know, but I can't handle being late. I'm, Case I'm in late point, to my everything. calendar just came up with us our appointment right now, but <laughs> um, no, it was the frozen thing in before. Like, it was good. It was just way too long and excessive and like I just don't think that they needed that long to tell the story because Pixar always does like the first little preview clips whatever and it's a holiday movie Mm -hmm. so it made sense but it was just too long but I will say Coco is definitely a must-see like it was so heartwarming and like precious and like I cried but that's not anything unusual. So <laughs> if it can make me good. cry, that will be that will be the test. And you have time. to see it in 3D. I'm sure it's amazing out of 3D, but I had 3D and it was like uh, we're actually amazing. my brother and I, this is a fun story. My brother and I are taking my grandmother with us. <gasps> oh, she'll love it so much. My grandmother has never been to a movie theater. <gasps> I'm sorry, what? She's never been to a movie theater? No, she's just Aww. never seen it as like a, a need. Um, she's also like super, super, super religious, mm-hmm. um, like back in the old school days, religious where like, just like kind of absorbing certain entertainment is not mm-hmm. something you do. So this is a big, it's a big step for her. That so we'll see. Yeah. She will love it because one of the main, like a handful of the characters are like grandmother figures to him and I'm not going to spoil anymore, Please don't. but like some of the isms that she was saying, I died laughing because it's so on spot. Like, it was perfect. So I'm sure she'll enjoy it. Oh, I can't wait. I mean, if you being Puerto Rican felt like a connection there, I can't I imagine um, being completely tied to, like, Mexican culture, what that oh, yeah. would be like. Because it's all based around Dia de los Muertos. So, mm-hmm. like, we don't really celebrate that. But I did love, like, all the, the culture that they put into the movie. So it was great. Kudos oh, to you, Pixar. Way to go, we Pixar. love you. They they rocked it. I know before they were like trying to, there was some controversy. I didn't read fully into it, but I guess they were trying to. Um, what were they doing? Um, blank. Hey, I was. I actually can help you out with that. Oh, hey guys, you're listening uh, to Anthony here. Do you want to introduce yourself real oh, quick? Oh yeah, hey everybody. My name is Anthony Becerra. Um, I, that's all you need to know. He really. rolled those R's. <laughs> he rolled those R's. Yes, he did. Anthony is our amazing producer um, slash engineer slash. Thank you. friend. I appreciate um, that. Um, but what were you? Help me out. Help me so out. So they were trying to trademark the actual, like, coin the phrase of uh, Dia de los Muertos. And go. they wanted to name the movie Dia de los Muertos. Mm. But there was a lot of backlash because it's uh, like a holiday. You can't coin, you can't trademark a holiday. Right. You know? White people, man. <laughs> but I Sorry, didn't. Candace. I, <laughs> hey, I'm all. Never mind. Anyways, um, I do like why they called it Coco. It made sense in the very end, right? I mean, oh, yeah. you saw it, Anthony. Yeah, like- I, I personally, I loved it so much. Um, it was, it's one of my favorite uh, Pixar movies next to uh, Toy Story. Um, I have to say it's become one of my favorites now, yeah. I think. Like, I love all the ones I grew up with. Like, I loved Bugs Life. Oh, yeah. Love Toy Story. But, like, I don't know. I felt like a little kindred spirit for this one. It made me really happy. Because, mm-hmm. like, throughout the movie, I would um, think about the bigger picture and, mm-hmm. like, in certain scenes. And... Um, that would just get me so emotional while watching it because I just know how much influence just like seeing these uh, moving pictures is gonna like cause to all these uh, these young kids that are watching it, and that always just like it, it made me feel so prideful of my culture. Of course. And I'm so thankful to for uh, to Pixar for doing that for just well, it's just a great movie that just involves 
that happens to be uh, Mexican centric, and it just works mm-hmm. on so many levels, though. Especially since Disney, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe this is the first Latino movie that Disney has done. Yeah, for sure. Because so, Elena yeah. is next. Elena hasn't come out yet. I think that there's Elena's like a, out. I think the movie isn't. Oh, the show is. The show Elena is. Av- isn't there mm-hmm. a movie coming out for her? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm gonna have to check on that. Yeah, but either way, like these are the first two, the first two things that they've done for Disney, Mm -hmm. which is great. Latinos, we're making it. We're making it. We're trying at least. Yeah, we're (laughs) We're trying. We're trying. People are letting us in into Hollywood, and I mean, there's a lot going. Talk. Speaking of Hollywood, there's There's a lot going on here. So much going on um, to the point where it's like really disheartening trying to like transition into or working in the entertainment industry and then trying to transition into bigger roles in there just to hear all these different things, whether it's like entertainment like you trying to be an actress or me trying to be a journalist. I mean, we even have um, Matt Lauer was just um, let go from fired, let go. I'm going to use the word fired because he's disgusting. Um, He was fired from NBC after... I think it was, it's about, if I'm wrong, I'm so sorry. Um, Two to three women came forward Mm -hmm. accusing him. Um, One of them, I guess he has like a a special, this is disgusting. This is like something out of a straight out movie villain. Yeah. He has a secret button under his desk that he could lock his door with. So like, (gasps) like one of the women. I knew he summoned someone. Yeah, that came in and he was like, let's talk about your news story. She came in and he, I'm not going to talk about more details because I think it's, I think reliving that and retelling it is disgusting. But he basically brought her in, ordered her to do some things that she says were not consensual. He's um, saying no, that they were consensual. Um, And just, I don't know, just all around like discussing the fact that like women have to worry about these things is ridiculous in terms of like sexual assault and sexual harassment and then to make matters worse talking along this topic is i was listening i want to give a shout out to my favorite podcast girls candace knows i talk about them all the time and i met them at podcast stereo fest um which we'll talk about later on but the locatora radio girls Mm -hmm. um mala muñoz and dios fm they were talking about all these harassment claims but the in one of their past episodes. But one thing that they mentioned that really struck a chord with me, they're like, we're hearing all of these um, white women's cases coming mm-hmm. forward. And she's like, but think about it. How many of these big Hollywood um, elite men have workers in their home who are brown women mm-hmm. who are probably also being assaulted? If these men are so comfortable assaulting their co-workers mm-hmm. like how much more comfortable are they with somebody that they potentially view as less and she's like we're we'll probably never hear um hear those stories and i was no. like oh my god like it's it's crazy how one person comes forward and then just all these layers and layers and layers and layers get pulled back um from situations like this and i think it's i will say i'm i'm glad that a lot of these things are coming to the forefront i i'm glad that the conversation is starting um, and like you said, that the layers upon layers of people, because it, it's such a taboo thing for women to even speak up of any type of sexual harassment or sexual assault or anything um, that we are raised to almost be aware of and deal with um, on a day-to-day basis. And um, I agree with that. I don't think we're ever going to hear any of like um, those that aren't in the public eye stories. I really don't. And I think um, I'm grateful for those people that are using their 
platform and their celebrity or whatever you want to call them to come forward Mm -hmm. and to put themselves in the hot seat and to open up the doors for conversation for those that can't ever do that on their own. So thank you to those ladies who have been brave enough to come forward and do that. As for Matt Lauer, I was so upset when I heard about this because I looked up to him so much and regarded him as like someone within really? the, uh-huh. Mm. Cause I grew up watching the today show. Oh, so okay. he was like my, like seeing him over the last few years, whenever I was going through journalism, because like he broke most of the stories and I, I was more of a today show versus good morning America. It's just like what was on my television. Mm-hmm. So when I found this out, it just like made me sick to my stomach and I completely lost all respect for the man. Like, the fact that he this occurred back in the early 2000s it's now 2017 and he's just not getting all of these allegations brought toward him like you said he makes what 25 million a year yeah um, how much money has he accumulated even after doing all of these and these are just a couple of incidents i guarantee that there are more that have not been brought oh, to the with all of these there are more there's so many there's how many more. how many i mean how many women do you have in your own life that you know they have gone through some sort of sexual assault or rape but they're I mean, never going to report it because there's this long lengthy process that you have to mm-hmm. go through that brings up all this emotional baggage that and trauma that you some people can't handle you know I, I mean when it came up to the whole hashtag me too and i it's not as like streamlined right now it's not as popular as it was when it first started i don't want to reduce it down to being popular but i mean that's the words that i can use for it but um when it was like at its height i pulled up my facebook and my twitter and literally it was just completely full and i mean i even posted about it and i i'm very blessed that i haven't had the severity of what some of these women have faced yeah. um but I have had that incident in Hollywood where I have had, you know, an harassment in a claim, like someone coming up to me within Hollywood that made a statement that was very uncomfortable that did, shouldn't have happened. And it literally threw me for a loop and I was completely shook up and I didn't go to work the next day and like called my parents and let them know about it because I had never dealt with something like that. Very lucky that I didn't deal with it in 26 years. Um, there are a lot of ladies that deal with it earlier in life. So it's just... One of those things that you don't think will ever happen to you, but when it does, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. how do I deal with it? Because a lot of women have. So, I mean, things like this, I mean, for women, we feel we've either experienced them or heard about them happening to people mm-hmm. that we know for the longest time. And especially, I think, being Latinas, mm-hmm. like, the the sexualization and fetization of um, Latin women is insane and ridiculous yeah. and you know, you have the, like, people think it's funny, like, oh, spicy Latina, or, oh, very passionate, and mm. da, da, da. but I don't think that when people say, people who are not, even Latinos who say this, and people who are not um, of Latino culture or heritage will say these things, they don't realize the impact, the, the impact and the hurt that they're, that they're bringing upon, because the more that you normalize something, um, the more people become desensitized yep. to it, you know? I agree. I agree. And I just um, and I know that it's it's not a singular case to Hollywood. I know that we've been talking about a lot of uh, talking a lot about. uh, (laughs) I can't talk anymore. I am done using words here. These are words, Um, you know, using celebrity and being able to use your influence to bring these, you know, issues to light. But it's not just happening here and it's happening all over the world. And, you know, it's happening even worse all over the world in different places. So um I'm a huge fan of The Hollywood Reporter. It's like my thing. 
um, especially you wanting do. to go into acting and, and it's a mixture of both of my loves. But they have these Hollywood roundtables. And what I love about them is that they either do all men or all women and they'll bring very influential women um, of Hollywood to the table and they'll talk about different issues and just open openly talk very candidly about different things. And Jennifer Lawrence um, diff- definitely has been um, an advocate for different things lately in the political world and different like articles that she's written. But she had a statement on The Hollywood Reporter um, that I think is very much like applicable to what we've been talking about as well. I hope eventually. I, I think it's going to be a while. I think it's so deeply ingrained, unfortunately, socially, and kind of this social proof of some way of your masculinity. And until we're equal in every way, how can you expect us to be respected verbally if we're not being respected in every other way? The question for that answer that she just gave was, do you think the culture, the leverage of power and the culture of abuse will change? And she goes on to talk a little bit about like the pay grade and Obviously, that's been a big thing that they've been talking about here in Hollywood as well in conjunction with the Me Too situation. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and we, well, we had, what was it last? It's December 1st now when we're filming this or recording this. Um, but November 2nd was um, Latina's Equal Pay Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Eva Longoria put out, actually, first, I'm going to let you guys know this statistic, which I was completely blown away by. Um, it was the Institute for Women's Policy Research, and it was the fact that Hispanic or Latina women may not achieve equal pay with white men until the year 2233. Are you kidding me? No. And then black women, 21, we're the last. Oh, yeah. Black women, 21, 24, and white women, 2056. What about all those other races that are not accounted for? They didn't too? throw that in there. Yeah, we, I, I, Maybe I've just been ignorant all my life growing up of not realizing, like, because I was raised being told you can do whatever you want to do. Same, You yeah. can always reach whatever dream you want to do. Like, my dad always said, um, girls rule, boys drool kind of thing. <laughs> and he still says it <laughs> to this cute. day. Uh-huh. So it's very much, like, ingrained in me that, like, nothing can stand in my way. And then now that I'm older and I'm on my own, like, having to worry about this whole sexual harassment and assault and everything else. And then on top of it, like, I'm not going to get equal pay until, what, 23, 22? 2233. Uh, I inverted those <laughs> numbers, but still, I will not be around for that day. That's just insanity. It's ridiculous. And it's a little disheartening. And it's funny that you were saying, like, your parents, it's not funny, but it's relatable that your yeah. parents said, oh, you know, you can do whatever you want. Because I rem- I'm my parents were the same way. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing a quote from Mindy Kaling um, that she, love her. Someone was asking her about, like, oh, do you feel limited? as a woman of color and she was like i don't because my parents raised me to have the mentality of a white man yep (laughs) of a straight white man and i was like oh my god same like it wasn't until as you get older and you realize the limitations that you actually Mm -hmm. have and that people are putting upon you because you see all your other colleagues who are you know white or of i don't know more accepting ethnicities they're getting the opportunities and they're getting things and you guys are working at the equal um, like on equal playing fields and it's like what's going on and then you see all these statistics and it's like holy jeez my girl Eva Longoria wrote, I love Eva she wrote a little um, it was like an open letter through I want to say it was Fortune um, Fortune Online 
And she ended with this um, little data statistic saying that gender diverse companies are 15% more likely to outperform companies that are less diverse. And wait for it. We're going to add to it. And women-led companies perform three times better than the S&P 500. Boom. Drop the mic. Done. Hire people of color. Hire women of color. Let's be real. If more women were hired in powerful positions, these sexual harassment cases would not be coming out to no, the extreme. No, of course not. Where I literally feel like every time I'm on Twitter, I'm on social media, I'm checking the news, there's a new harassment case. And even in doing research for like this whole today, mm-hmm. I typed in this like whole today. this whole today, <laughs> what we're doing, recording. I looked up, I typed in Hollywood sexual assault cases mm-hmm. and it was through the New York Daily News. Shout out to Rosie Cordero who freelances for them. Um, hey, Rosie. Um, I looked it up and this um, little like gallery thing that you could flip through came mm-hmm. up. 37 men in Hollywood have been accused of sexual assault. And out of those 37, <laughs> there's sorry. like... That is comical. There's a multiple names <laughs> attached to those 37. I mean, just look That's at Harvey insane. Weinstein, how many women were attached I to I don't even want to talk about that, man. He is dirt beneath my feet. The fact that it's 37 is ridiculous. It shouldn't even be one. Like, no. Why is it so hard to respect women? And yeah. uh, why do you have men who do this? Why do you have to stick your penis everywhere? Like, right. And my Just other keep it in your too, pants, man. So, keep it in your pants. This, I don't remember. Everybody uses the like the ex, not excuse. What am I? The phrase like, what about if it was his daughter? What if it was his mother? Who cares? It is a human being. I don't care if she was your daughter, your mother, your sister, your aunt. I don't care. She is a human being. When so Candace if gets you mad, d- she drops her e's and eyes. Your sister, your mother, your. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. It, it doesn't make sense to me why people can be like this to other people. It just, what if a woman went up to a man and started doing that to him? You better believe that he would not handle it and he would not take it. So why is it that it's reversed? Like we are the matriarchs. We are the reason why you're here mm-hmm. on this planet is women. So if you are literally like attacking those that you think are less than Believe me, when we come together, we are a power to be reckoned with. So it just as Beyonce like, said, "Girls run the world," and we we fall in formation. <laughs> just because <laughs> tie in two songs in there, yeah, all um, in one. No, but it was. I mean, it was it was crazy, and oh, I, it made me mad just to see even see that number. And it's it could honestly be even more. It oh, could be more. That was more. just like a short thing that that publication put together. And we're just talking together. about Hollywood. Can yeah. you imagine what it's like? In all these other places. I like, think it's, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that statistic is like one in four women are mm-hmm. likely to be. One in four or one in three. Yeah. Something and then like it's that. even worse, like we were talking about before, like not only Latinas are doing women of color. I mean, mm-hmm. we have this, it just came out, Centoya Brown, this I young feel girl. I for that woman. Oh, oh my I God. I watched the documentary, Candace. It is, I, I was, I, I was I so angry. I was so angry. We wa- Oh God. I was, I was angry the minute I finished watching it and. It was, yeah, anyways. Um, but even stories like that yeah. um, where this this young girl, like, uses self-defense to get out of a situation and is now having to serve life in prison with a parole, I think, till she's 67 or 69 years old. And there's her life. That's it. That's it. That's her it. whole life is prison. That's all she's, that's all she's going to know. It's I insane. Just... Um, and it's it's really stupid. And we even see it in politics outside of Hollywood, but it's really stupid that 
instead of women getting justice for their issues, it's mm-hmm. like, well, let's let's talk about the men and let's talk about um like give them a little slap on the wrist. Oh, sorry, you lost your job, but you already have millions of dollars, so you're gonna be pretty much set for life. I'm throwing my positivity in there because I'm trying really hard to like keep positivity within this whole darkness that's been going on in life. Um, but at least there is conversation happening mm-hmm. now because there wasn't before. That's true. You know, in conversation doesn't elicit change right off the bat. Conversation brings awareness and then awareness brings change. So I think we're in the right direction, but I also think that we have such a long way to go. And I hope to God that by the time my children come around, that these aren't as big of issues Mm -hmm. because I know that it will still be present. Inevitably the way that human beings are and the way that our entertainment industry is and the way that our politics are right now, like look at who our president is. Don't even get me started. I'm just going to leave it at that. Don't even get me started. That is literally the way that our society is being ran. And it's just completely like misogynistic. (laughs) It just kills me. But I am glad that there is conversation that these women that do have power are starting to come forward and that, you know, we're now fighting because we've been beaten down and we've been, you know, voted out. Mm -hmm. So now it's our time to like stop being sitting ducks and actually like do something about it. That's one thing I adding to your positivity. That's one thing I really like about our generation and even um, people that are younger than Mm -hmm. us is that we're not dealing with this stuff anymore. Um, We're like our parents generation and, um further back like people just kind of took these things and were like oh it's mm-hmm. okay just brush it under the rug and we'll pretend it didn't happen people our age and younger are like hell no like mm-hmm. you've been like treated poorly we're gonna let everybody know so yep. that whoever this idiot is that treated you poorly like that he's not gonna get away with it or regardless of what the situation is whether it's injustice whether it's you know things related to sexual harassment um sexual abuse like everyone is just being very vocal and I think that's a great thing about social media too and Mm -hmm. I mean even with going back to what we were talking about with like equal pay um the fact that women are saying like nope we're done like we're tired of not being paid enough and even Jennifer Lawrence is saying how like this equality the minute we reach equality is the minute that we're going to finally start to see these things diminish whether Mm -hmm. it's in the way that we're being paid or the way that we're being treated which I feel ties Together, together very much perfectly. yeah yeah and i i um i watched miss universe this week of course of course you did of course i did of course i did um but one of the songs that was played was rachel platten's um glass i believe it's glass ceiling glass oh i have to find it now i'm gonna say doesn't she sing that fight song she does oh, but yeah, it was that's also, all i know of her <laughs> Sorry, Rachel. I'm going to look it up because of the power of Google. Broken Glass is the name of the song. Mm-hmm. She sang that um, during the evening gown portion, and she even started it out saying this is for all the girls at home, um, the little girls at home that have big dreams and know that this is for you. Because the whole song is talking about breaking the, the glass ceiling and really just putting our best foot forward and really fighting for that. And I just thought it was so um, beautifully done and such a beautiful sentiment for all the little girls that are watching it. Because I remember when I was a little girl growing up, and watching Miss USA and Miss Universe because that's what I like. They were so pretty and they were in pretty dresses and I loved watching them. Um, and after competing in pageants for nine years now, um, I've seen a whole other side of it and the empowerment aspect of it that does come out of it. And I know that pageantry is one of those things that is an under scrutiny, especially mm-hmm. with the conversations that we've been having now. Are um, are we getting completely, you know, um, judged upon our figure. I think a lot of people have this misconception of what pageantry is. 
And um, I mean, I did until I really talked to you about yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And a lot of women do have that. And a lot of men have that issue on our belief on pageantry. But um, one of the statements that they had a panel, which I really liked this year, of um, some of the girls that were competing for Miss Universe and some of the most educated women that you know have competed in pageantry. I mean, your favorite girl, Eva Longoria, was a pageant girl before she came to Hollywood. That was the reason why she came to Hollywood. And, um, you know, they were speaking on it and basically saying, all these people are upset that I'm standing up there in a bathing suit, but why can I not demonstrate this when it's something that I've worked so hard on? To live a healthy lifestyle and to work hard on my body and to um, exude myself with confidence and poise why am I getting punished and being judged because I'm I'm choosing to do this? Like none mm-hmm. of these women are doing a pageant under <laughs> against their own will. Yeah. Like we're all choosing to go up there. And I think that if you really listen to it, some of the, the questions that they said at the Miss Universe pageant mm-hmm. this year, um, these women were very educated and some of them are engineers in their country. Wow. They're like running for public office. Mm-hmm. One's a scientist in the U.S. government. So all of them are are speaking on issues that are going on and speaking about this and equal pay and whatnot. So it was just um, really heartwarming, but also seeing it from the other side of like, oh, wow, people do see us like this because yeah. I think I've been in such a bubble. Do you think um, a little slightly off topic, but yeah. still on, do you think that um, women who tend to be on the larger side would ever mm-hmm. be able to compete in these things and still have an ch- equal chance at winning? Okay, so here's the thing. I think yes now. I think moving forward now. Uh, in past years, no. I- I'll be completely honest. And because a lot of it, if you go all the way back in the history of pageantry, originally it was it was a swimsuit competition. It was based off of our sizes. So up until recently, I would say no. But the one thing I am proud of the pageant industry that they've been doing over the last five to ten years that I've been in the the world is that they are starting to make strides where it's more inclusive. Um, the first contestant with Down syndrome just competed mm. in Miss Minnesota, I believe, and won Miss Congeniality, and she was gorgeous and did such an amazing job. So cute. And there was a full-on article about her and, like, video about her. So, And we've had our first transgender contestant this year, and um, there were a couple plus-size women that were up on the Miss Universe stage, and then there was a couple women that, they're considering plus size that aren't really plus size at all that were in Miss USA. So I think we're making those strides that um, it is more inclusive, but I think it's something that will take some time. That's amazing. But yeah. yeah. But it, it's going that direction. But I'm going to Miss California USA tomorrow to watch and see how the girls compete. So we shall we shall see. It's like a little reunion. It is. It's going to be weird being on the other side, though. All the pageant girls together. That's yeah, so cool. I, well, like, one I my... like seeing that. Especially after talking to you and like learning more about pageants, because like complete, like mm-hmm. um, transparency, I was always like, man, pageants, meh, meh, meh. Course, like it's yeah. like bubble gum and hee hee, like blonde girls parading around. <laughs> um, so like that's it's really cool to like. Um, that's the cool thing about being friends with you. Yeah. Um, is like able to um, learn about that side of things and mm-hmm. see that you know these women are educated and well, not the not reason. the stereotype that right. many believe them to be. The whole reason I started uh, to begin with was for scholarship money, and and did it. And of course, it it helped with my self confidence and getting to where I could get up on stage and speak like I am now. And it's really opened up other opportunities because most of the women that have competed in pageants that you know of today like Kristen Chenoweth was one Halle Berry um Barbara Walters was um Diane Sawyer 
Eva Longoria, like I could continue on and on of all these amazing women and pageantry gives you a platform to reach those goals. So it was definitely, I think it's just underestimated some of these women that are making like mm -hmm. different um, opportunities for themselves and becoming strong women in the business. And what was it like being being a brown girl in these pageants? I know people, you talked last episode yeah. about how people thought you were just a really tan white girl, mm -hmm. but did it did that ever come up for you? Yes and no. I think for competing in Kentucky, it was um, a little different, but um, I never really, again, like the way that I was raised, I never let that cross my mind. It never was a thing. But when it goes on to the national level and it goes on to California level or different states, like it's definitely looked positively upon because they want more diversity. They realize that a lot of people see the cookie cutter image of white girl, blonde hair. They're like, oh, we need someone that's different. We need diversity. We need uh, Latinas that are up there that are educated that are doing this pageant and blah 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 blah. So um, I think more and more we're getting more of a representation. Um, is it where it needs to be? No. And even with a couple of pageants that I've seen in the past, uh, there was diversity for the sake of diversity, which I didn't like. Mm. Um, and I'll speak very candidly on that. And like, I want diversity if it's earned, like equal playing field like just inclusion inclusion yeah. i don't care if i don't get top 15 or i don't win or whatever i don't care as long as it wasn't because of the color of my skin like if i don't deserve to be up there i don't deserve to be up there you know what i mean like yeah. the, and there's different criteria and what i mean by that is like you know you have to fit, fit a certain mark and whatever but um it's not you don't yeah. want it to be like oh oh dang it all the girls we picked are blonde. Quick, throw in a brown girl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't want that. Like, it should be you know, the way the yeah. judges should be evaluating is on equal playing fields for everyone. Exactly. I get what you're saying. Yeah. And um, I think, like, we we see um, judgments on not only in the pageant world, but also in, like, obviously, you know, the journalism world, too. We've seen a lot of that. And in any business. No, it's true. Especially being um, being a woman in, in journalism. And in media um, in general. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna talk specifically though more journalism okay. is because a lot of times we're um, sent out on assignments, mm. and you're by yourself. Like when you're just starting out, you don't have a whole crew with you. You're literally you yourself, your camera or whatever device you're using to record, and you have to meet up with sources sometimes at their homes. Um, sometimes you try as best for it to be in public places. Yeah. Sometimes it's early in the morning. Sometimes it's at night. And to be honest, like I get I get really scared sometimes, and I try to. I'm trying not to do this anymore, but I've tried to only interview like women, or if I'm working on a subject, like if I'm doing a man on the street kind of thing, I'll tend to lean towards um, talking to women more because there is that issue where sometimes you talk to men and you have you're being nice and you're talking to them and some men in their minds have this idea that if I'm being nice to you I'm flirting with you and I want you and mm -hmm. they Sorry, get that weird gets me fired up. they it's get so weird, weird and you have to especially like when you're interviewing someone um, one of the kind of the guidelines the things you're supposed to follow is you get someone's number or their email address and you have to call them you have to email them and your email has your photo attached or whatever icon you have with your full name social media now you just type in someone's full name you can find out so much information about them you call their number you can find out a lot of information just through someone's number and so it's honestly like really scary and I know even when I talk to my parents like about being a journalist like are you sure you want to do this like because there's so many scary situations I mean one great one horrible example that just recently happened. It was um, a oh, Dutch. Oh, when you told me this? Yeah, I, I believe she was Phew. Dutch. Um, 
journalist Kim Wall, she had gone out to do a feature story on this um, submarine inventor and didn't come back from her story. Literally went to do a feature. She wasn't doing an investigative piece. Like this guy, they weren't like, oh, he's sketchy. Go cover this story on him. Find out dirt. Literally it was going to be a feature story on this dude. And I mean, he's denying allegations of actually murdering her. But he he doesn't deny this part that he chopped up her body. He doesn't deny that. No, like he's like, oh, I think one of them. I really should have. Um, I wish I had my notes in front of me with details on this. But one of them was she hit her head, and she kind of just knocked out. And then so he she died. And so to make her body more disposable, he chopped her up. Like just all these I'm like sorry. like what? He's, yeah, he's changed his story so many times. And but the whole premise, the whole point of telling the story is that all of these female journalists came out and were saying like, yeah, like these are things that we all have to think about on a daily basis. Like, am I going to come back from the story? Is am I safe? Like they always tell you in like journalism school, like, oh, make sure that you tell somebody where you're going that, if you know, you can share your location on your iPhone now, like share your location with someone, um, meet a source in light of day but sometimes it's not an option you have a deadline and if that source can only meet here in california it gets dark at like 5 p.m you know if that's not source, even like four a little 30. earlier yeah if that source gets out of work at five and you have to meet them somewhere like it's already dark you know so it's just it's crazy and um it's a little disheartening and a little scary and there was even a I saw it on Huffington Post. This mm-hmm. journalist made, it was through the International Association of Women in Radio and Television. Um, they came out, one of the journalists through there came out with a book called How to Be Safe as a Female Journalist Handbook. Um, it's called, I think, I believe it's called The Third Gender. And she lists, like, have a grab bag and, you know, um, be ready to go. And these are all the things to do and to not to do to make sure that you're safe. And it's, it's ridiculous. I can't imagine that a male journalist would have this. The fact that there's even a book out there for that just it doesn't uh like But I, it's so true though. Like my my male colleagues are told like make sure that you tell the story correctly and don't mm-hmm. don't produce a like a fictional a story or That's misquote it. someone. They're not like, "Oh, you should really worry about your safety." Whereas and I remember And what you have to wear? Yeah, what you have to Dude, you have to I'm conscious of this, like wearing, you know, shirts, long sleeves or crew neck shirts. And I dress I dress like a tomboy sometimes when I go to these interviews because you want to downplay it. And even the fact that you have to dress a certain way to be taken seriously when you're interviewing someone, whether it's a male or a female that you're interviewing. Whereas, yeah, guys, you know, you should always dress nice when you you present yourself. But they're always going to be taken seriously. But yeah, they could be wearing a nice T-shirt and jeans. Whereas if I go there, it's like, oh, do you not care? Like about the Mm -hmm. story you're doing? It's it's really ridiculous and it's really upsetting just the the inequality um, that we face as women. And I know, yeah, women in America, we have it a lot better than women in other countries. But of course. It's 2017. But, yes. We're almost in 2018. It's to the point now where regardless of our gender, regardless of our, our, sexuality, our sexuality, our color, our color, our culture, regardless, like everyone should be treated equally on the same playing field. The mm-hmm. fact that we are dealing with all of this inequality racially, et cetera, like it's I'm done. I get so frustrated talking yeah. about it. I wish it was over. And I know that. 
this episode, we went a little, um, a little more deep, a little more intense. You're so learning to, more and more about us, guys, so every lighten, day. To end the show, to lighten the mood. Oh, okay, let's go. Let's lighten the mood. Loosey goosey. We made you a little angry if you were following with us, um, but it's okay. We're gonna <laughs> we lighten the Coco mood a little bit. To me too. All over the. <laughs> to spectrum. Leslie venting about what it's like. Um, <laughs> we're gonna just just a few, maybe like. We'll just do like two to three questions just so you guys can get to know us a little bit. I know you follow us on social media and you see. And if you don't, go follow us at Bossy Bonitas on Instagram and Twitter. (laughs) There's that plug. We got bomb Insta stories sometimes. Sometimes. great content. We are going to have a vlog come out soon, too. So that's exciting. TBA. Yes. To be announced. I almost said TBH. (laughs) To be honest. TBT. All the TB. All the TBs. Okay, so Candace, okay, uh, favorite movie of all time? Oh, God. Um, Harry Potter. Ooh, favorite one. movie of all time? Francis Ha. What? It's this. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, it's this movie. You can watch it on Netflix. It's starring Greta Gerwig, and it's directed by Noah Baumbach. It's one of my favorite movies. I will go watch um, that now. It's great. The guy from um, Girls and Star Wars, Adam Driver, is in Ooh, it. Okay. If that's any pull to go watch it. It's shot in black and white, but <gasps> it's set in modern New York. And I if love you're, all of this. If you're a creative person, you'll love it. It's about this girl who's um, struggling as a as a ballerina in New York Ooh. or aspiring dancer in, yes. in New York. And it's actually not a... I like it because it's not a love story. It mm-hmm. focuses on her um, relationship with her best friend and just like the the ups and downs that they go through in their relationship as, as best friends as they're transitioning in different roles in their lives. So my favorite movie is about this boy wizard <laughs> <laughs> who lives under a staircase. Okay, no one wants to hear that. No one wants Wait, to hear Le- that. Leslie, real quick. Uh, what was that movie you just mentioned? Francis Ha. Francis Ha. Okay. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. That's why. Oh, you should. It's on Netflix. And it's on Netflix? Yeah. I, I love Adam Driver. Uh, he was great in uh, Logan Lucky. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, that was, that was, that was a great film. Um, yeah. Well, there you go. Go, go watch <laughs> it. Go watch it today when you get home. Go watch it. Um, Next question. Okay. Go. Favorite, <laughs> favorite song to dance to in the car. Oh God, that's hard because I love music. I change all the like time. Like the first, the first one. You're like, oh, I really want to. Oh, dance it out. Um, right now, uh, Mi Gente. Oh, that's a good one. I love the that Beyonce, one. Beyonce, J Balvin one. Yeah. Yeah, I love Beyonce, but I like the original better. Oh, she's hitting us with the original. I like Dude, the original better. I was jamming to that in my car this morning. <laughs> I love me some Beyonce, though, and I love the new Sam Smith and Beyonce collaboration. I if you have, have not I heard that to, duet. I need to hear that. Oh, it's perfect duet. Mm. It's the song perfect. Get it? <laughs> oh, cute. It's very good. Very, very good. Bad puns. Bad puns. I'm, I've got dad jokes for days. Yeah, you do. I would say, I guess I'll say mine since Candace didn't ask song? me. Hey, what's your favorite song? Oh, thank you. Um, to dance to it would definitely be Vivid Mi Vida by Mark Anthony. Ooh. I know, stereotype. We're both singing Spanish songs, Spanish title songs or whatever. I'm not a stereotype. Don't, don't classify me. I'm joking. <laughs> oh, sorry. I need to stop yelling. People have headphones on. Or they're in the car. It's fine. Listen to it in your car where my yelling doesn't upset you. Okay. <laughs> Final question that everybody wants to know. Okay. If you could travel anywhere in the world, Ooh. where would you go? Mm. I would say Europe in general because I'm going to cop out of everything. 
because I don't want to say just one place. I want to go like backpacking through Europe. My family lives in Europe, so I've been a couple countries in Europe. Um, I've been to the Netherlands, Luxembourg, Belgium, Germany, and France. Oh, no, no big. Just dropping well, them all there. They're right? all right there. I'm they're like, all, damn. They're all small. I haven't, they're like, all like... I haven't like really been everywhere in okay, Europe. Okay, guys. Just there's list this 20. Thing. There's this thing called everything being close in the EU. So driving from Germany up there only took us six hours, whereas took six hours would take me to San Francisco here. So. All right. So, so okay. where's the first stop? Where's the first stop? Yeah. I got to go back to London. That's my favorite place so far. I went there to study abroad when I was in college, and I was obsessed. So I would do that first. Then I'd go over to France on the, um, what's the, the, yes. the channel, the channel. There you go. And then go from France and go all over, like, Western Europe and then hit some Eastern Europe over there. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Yes. What about you? Where's, where's the one place? Um, basic as hell, man. London, UK, yes. England. I want to go. It's, have you never been? I've never been. Oh my god, and it's amazing. Ever since I was little, I have wanted to go. I had a really embarrassing email address that I'm not gonna say. <laughs> uh, related to really, really, really wanting to be um, a girl from the UK. Um, yeah, I used to talk in a fake British accent when I was little. Let me hear it. Let no, me hear it's it. really bad. You do yours. I'll do mine. It's really bad. I can't do it on cue. I used to watch Harry Potter all the time so I could try and do a British accent and it's really, really bad, but I've always wanted to like go over there and like learn a British accent. It's really bad. I don't, let's see. I don't don't think I could do it. It sounds really weird. I'm going to stop talking now. Um, I've always wanted to um, date a British man. Oh. Yeah, I've always. I wanted feel like, to like every girl wants. Of course, the, it's a the guy accent. with an accent. When I went yeah. over there to study abroad, I was in love. I was happy as could be. You're like hello, everyone. I was like hello. You pull the Puerto Rican <laughs> card so you look more exotic. Right? I, I depended on who I went up to. I would be like, do they like Latinas or do they like? I tried to do the Southern charm, so it just depended. Oh, you have they, options. They really like the Southern accent too. They really like the cute little Southern accent, so I tried either way. <laughs> Oh my god, pulling cards. Anyways, on that note, there you learned a lot of weird things about us. And you will um, learn more, I am you'll sure. You'll learn more throughout. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, once again, my name is Leslie Ambrise. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at in no, I almost said my oh, a bad one. <gasps> you can almost. catch yeah, it's not bad. It's just that username is no longer active. Um, you can find me at Leslie M. Ambris. And Candace, where can people find you? What's up, guys? You can find me on all of my social media at Candace R. Cruz. And again, please follow us on all of our social media as well for Bossy Bonitas. And um, give us a ranking here on iTunes and SoundCloud, whichever medium you are listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, leave comments below. We'd love to read them and comment along with uh, what you thought of this podcast. So yeah. we will see you guys next episode see you soon and also if you want to check out other amazing um latino latinx podcasts um you can head over to podcasterio network they're on instagram shout out to them for featuring us on there but they feature a lot of amazing um latinx podcasters so go ahead and check them out but thank you guys again um for joining us like candace said leave comments and we'll see you next episode Bye. bye